Hi, I'm Jamie Stegmeyer, and you're listening to Board Chitless. Tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Hello there, and welcome to Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Tristan! And we've been playing Eclipse. Yay, finally! I know, how long has it been? Um, we've played this game loads, but it's taken us well over a year to actually talk about it, play a game, talk about it on the podcast. It was five of us, wasn't there? Um, unfortunately, it's only me and Tristan actually survived to tell the tale. So, Tristan... Do you want to explain to us what Eclipse is all about? Yes. So you should probably establish as well at this point, at the point of recording, mm-hmm. Eclipse Second Edition is active on Kickstarter and very well funded indeed. Um, so it's at like $500,000 or something. Um, so we need to point out that this is first edition now, yes. Eclipse, that we're playing, uh, that we played. Um, and we've got everything thrown in, including the kitchen sink. We've got the Rise of the Ancients expansion, Ship Pack One, uh, Shadows of the Rift, and yes. even I even went as far as trekking down all of the individual promo expansions, like the Black Hole, the Pulsar, the Nebula. So it's probably a bit of a spoiler at this point to, <laughs> to show how much. <laughs> A, how much I've invested in it financially, and B, how much I've invested in it emotionally, because I flipping love this game. Um, so, yeah, so we had everything thrown in uh, with all the expansion stuff was shuffled in as well. Which so is the everything... only way to do it, really, isn't it? Yeah. It just took yeah. it all in. Um, what I did like about the expansion material for Eclipse, whilst we're going massively off pace, was that it didn't seem to bloat the game. It was um, Each expansion seems to be a significant rule addition. And then you just throw it in and everyone gets on with it. Um, there's extra aliens and stuff as well, isn't there? Um, and play, Is it player count that increases with the expansion materials? Yeah, the the first expansion, the Rise of the Ancients, lets you play with up to nine players, which we <laughs> have actually achieved once in our in our past, haven't we? Yeah, um, yes, we did. It took us about um, six weeks. <laughs> it, it did take till... Um, it did take about six or seven hours to finish that it game, did. but it was epic. And it was fun. There wasn't anybody that wasn't actually invested in the game by the end of it. Everyone yes. seems to have a good crack at the whip. No, he somehow managed to maintain everybody's attention. Even the people who were getting pounded wanted to see who was going to rise to the top at the end of it. We yeah. should probably as well just zoom out and say what it is. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Just... I don't know. Let's just talk about it you know, very elaborately. <laughs> see if they can work out from the hints and suggestions what it is. It's a two to six player, um, proper traditional Forex game. Um, but there's nothing else really quite like it. People talk about Twilight Imperium and... Uh, other space opera games, but um, Eclipse just has this real pared down, smooth um, mechanics. Like the game mechanics are just so easy, really. Yeah. Even though it's a big complex game, it's just it's quite easy to grok. There's only sort of six things you can do in a turn, yeah. and you go from one little tiny spaceship, a little interceptor, and a couple of home planets in your little hexagon, <laughs> which is your corner. <laughs> Uh, and over the course of the game, you're going to grow it using um, exploration, um, 
and exploiting and uh, expanding and exterminating. Yeah. But you're going to be doing like the, the actions of like growing your empire, building loads of extra ships, conquering loads of planets, and eventually meeting each other and beating the, the um, crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah, it's a race to the center, isn't it? Essentially, but then also a race Central to universe. annihilate. Yeah, and then annihilate as many people on the way in and out as humanly possible. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it, like you're saying, I think it's probably. After playing quite a few big box games now, it's probably the easiest big box game to learn, I think. Um, like you're saying, there's lots of game systems going on. Like You can upgrade your ships, you can research technology, you can um, explore, you can influence your planets. And it all sounds very like almost overwhelming when you kind of like first look at it. But then once you actually play a few rounds, you realize that each large um sort of like it's all very like you know high concept ideas but paired down to like just basic actions so you're doing these big fanciful things and they they can you know it's like your tech tree can kind of like open up but it's never at a point where you're overwhelmed with choice of what to do is there's usually two or three things that you know you're going to want to do each turn which i found was really neat yeah the, i think the the choice is there but um the sort of confusion isn't so you yeah you have a, you have a good indicator that if you've if you've gone and researched on your previous turn then you're going to be wanting to explore or implement the technology that you've uh, researched by upgrading your ships and everything all the upgrades all the technology is just war it's all like <laughs> new missiles that you can use against the enemy new cannons and then like the the tech to support those cannons like the power and that you need on the ships to be able to carry bigger guns yeah. and then to develop bigger ships. So you've got your interceptors, your little lightweight fighter jets, and then you've got the cruisers, which are the bigger kick-ass ships, and then you've got the dreadnoughts, which are the big beasts. Um, and every single thing that you build in the game feels great. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's so satisfying to like put stuff down on the, on the map and exploring so that the whole universe is made out of um, hexes, that you explore as you go so you've got that yeah. classic sort of exploration feel that i just absolutely love uh, can't get enough of that yeah um finding a new world um that you can then colonize or treats that you can find in, in these like new hexes so you might have ai bad guys waiting for you that you can have a bust up with um and then they'll reward you with ancient technology and extra victory points and then you can you know colonize the planets that are in that ancient sectors um and then, of course, because we had all those ex extra expansion pieces, there was yeah. stuff coming in that I'd never seen before, like the black holes turning up. Dave sent a ship into a black hole, which disappeared off the map and came yeah. back the next turn with every tile. And um, there's just there's so much, so many cool things going on. Even if I'm like absolutely getting my ass handed to me at Eclipse, I always enjoy playing it because it's just fun to watch everybody else's empires grow yeah. um, as it's your own, and it's it's exciting because you never know. Who's gonna go on a big rampant <laughs> yeah. just the galaxy? Well, the battles never seem to go the way that you expect them to, as well, because there's a there's a fair <laughs> amount of dice chucking involved. Um, but when you start off, you've, your weapons are so poor, you can only really hit things on a six, and then you can like add targeting computers, which means that you can add like you'll be successful on a five and a six, or super great ones that you might find floating in space, but then you just can hit on a three, four, five, and six. So yeah. everyone's kind of like slowly leveling up at a similar rate. 
And if you start <laughs> to fall behind because you've not upgraded your computer after like a fight or two, you realize, oh, I really should invest in this. And like you're saying, when you're doing poorly, you're still kind of learning off what other people are doing and how they're advancing their ships and their races. And you kind of you're finding cool ways to try and catch up with them, or you might all of a sudden be the first person to research missiles, and that gives you a really great um, opening advantage when you get into a fight. So all your missiles set off before the other person even knows you're there, and then if you're really lucky, they've just wiped them out, which is amazing. There's so many like nice little um, set pieces that can go off at any one time, and it keeps everyone on the toes, really. It does. Everybody else's ships always look better than yours. Oh, totally. <laughs> you always think like. How are their ships so fast? Or like, you know, how do they get that many guns on them and all that yeah. kind of stuff? And and you're still fighting to put whatever you can, stitch whatever <laughs> you can on your own ships, you know. Um, yeah. And if you're lucky enough, you'll have some breathing room to be able to do that. But uh, you can really amp up the pressure on the other players by attacking them early on, you know, and getting them before they have a chance to develop. Or you can do what we all tend to do, which is form diplomatic relationships and alliances and wheedle we'll deal with each other yeah well the the diplomacy is pretty great in the eclipse because um you can create like a trade alliance can't you so you'll each um you'll you'll give each other a little token that says yes we're friends now and then you'll give each other one of your economic um chits so you've got little wooden cubes which are um create like a grid at the bottom of your board and then when you influence planets you can put those down and they'll reveal your new higher um, materials or economy or um what was the science rating so by giving these out to other people you're actually furthering your own civilization um and then if you betray them you get the traitor card which will knock (laughs) off two vp at the end of the game which is just um, brilliant because at some point one of their planets is going to look far too tasty to leave untouched. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's um, and and that that mechanic itself, like taking a cube off your track yeah. to put onto the map or to give to another player, is just so elegant, you know. And it just reveals all of a sudden yeah. your, your new income. Um, it's just dead clean and simple and um, and easy to read when it comes to the clean at the end of the turn. You know how much science you're getting, how many materials how much money's coming into your system and that allows you to track how many actions you can spend, you know, and you can over budget bankrupt your civilization. If you decide to go crazy and just keep like going and doing more and more actions, or you can play it cautiously and try and hold back and grow slowly over time. Um, And you can see that happening. People like will spend everything they can on souping up the ships and going for a big, all that attack and then overstretching themselves. And all of a sudden they find themselves, um, to spread, you know, almost <laughs> having too big um, an empire. And everything just balances itself so brilliantly in this game. Even though it's like kind of a crapshoot, like what tile you're going to draw, yeah. um, weaker tiles are worth less victory points. So you can just claim them, grab what's on them, and then move on and get, get your influence back off that tile. Yeah. Whereas big tasty tiles with lots of cool planets that are worth loads of VPs, you want to pile all your stuff onto, but then you've got to protect it and you've got to put up star bases so people don't just... You know, um, sneak into, sneak through a warp point <laughs> to the back of your uh, empire and start taking out all your people with neutron bombs. <laughs> it's just um, there's so many permutations and strategies to it. it <laughs> it's so hard to mention. Yeah, it's like, there's the different races you can play as, all the different alien races that completely mix things up. So you can all play as humans if you wanted to, or you can choose from one of the six that come with yeah. the six alien races that come with the game. And then with the expansions, there's even more. And each of them plays in its own unique way. Like I played um, the Descendants of Draco for the first yeah. time ever in the last game. And it was brilliant. It was a completely different game for me than yeah. the last time 
played because um, my particular civilization's ability rested on actually becoming friends with the AI. Um, so the galaxy's filled like with these random ancient ships that are just floating around. Uh, and most of the time you just have to like beat the crap out of them and, and take their stuff. But I actually couldn't do that. I had to sort of colonize their worlds and become like hippy dippy friends with them, which was <laughs> which was quite scary at first because you got lot were going out smashing ships left, right, and center yeah. and getting loads of points early on, whilst I was sort of tentatively exploring and then hiding behind these ancient ships. But that was a completely different experience the last time I played, which you know was a different race yeah. again. So it always mixes things up. It always has something new. Yeah. And even if you played as humans every time, you'd have a different experience, I think. Each, you would, each... def- definitely. The the ancients were like the perfect meat shield for your race, weren't they? Because they just... <laughs> yeah. you, you, you did have like... A, you were very lucky in terms of um, one of the, your... I think your superpower, for want of a better phrase, was you could look examine two hexes before you placed one. Um, yes. Whereas everyone else just got what was on the top of the pile. So you could literally then hunt for these um, ancient races and then put them down to suit your advantage. And then the race next to you was played by Sam. Um, was he playing as Terrans um, or was he the plant? No, he was the cyborg. Oh, I see. So um, Sam was also sort of exploring towards you, but he was also uncovering all these ancients. So it was great for him because he could try and hunt them down and like take technology off them and discover it. Yeah. But what was happening much quicker was you were sort of like growing into that expanded area of the universe as well. And then once you'd influenced them, Sam couldn't move into that hex and fight the ancients without fighting you first. So yeah. it, it becomes like, you know, it's all of a sudden you've like doubled your firepower very cheaply, but it was, it was brilliant. It was um, as a strategy, it worked really well, but also the luck of the hexes came out in your favor, but then you sort of, you didn't sit back and just let it happen. You really monopolized on it where you could. Yeah, you really have to sort of play to your civilization's advantages. Um, yeah. Like the last time we played, I played, I can't remember the names of the races now, but it was, it was the Money Empire. <laughs> it starts <laughs> off with it, like... Is it like <laughs> the, the interstellar bankers? <laughs> yeah, it rhymes with bankers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they start out with tons of cash and you, you're like, oh, this is brilliant. I can just do loads of actions. So after everybody else has passed, you've got all this money to spend on just doing more and more actions really early on in the game, which feels like this terrific advantage. And when we first started out, I was like, oh, wow, this it almost feels like cheating this, you know, because I'm just, I'm going to take what I want, explore as far as I like. And then within a few rounds, because I'd overspent and I hadn't managed my resources, I was completely tied up and trapped. <laughs> like it was the hoist of my own petard because, you know, I hadn't the foresight to realize that, Maybe this money thing isn't like, you know, an endless supply. And sure enough, yeah. it wasn't. Um, and if you don't plan your civilization around that, you know, you can find yourself like I did, completely tied up and yeah. without the resources to make headway um, four or five turns into the game, four or five rounds into the game, which is where it's crucial, you know, where the tipping point where you all start battling and stuff. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and you were playing as the aggressive sort of yeah. mercenary. Yeah, so I you was, had, oh, go on, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say you started with cruisers, didn't you, whilst everybody else had just interceptors? I did, I did, yeah. Um, so I was playing as the Orion hegemony, and I'd not only started with a cruiser when everyone else had like this tiny little nimble fighter, but I also had um, a battle computer and a um, ghost shield and extra power. So I had these beefed up spaceships to begin with. So whenever someone came up against me, I'd knock, um, they'd have, I'd make their dice rolls one harder. And then yeah. I'd also make mine one easier. 
Um, plus, I could add a load of extra tech. That like oh, most of the tech in Eclipse just drinks power, so you have to um, spend some of your like slots filling them up with generators. Whereas I didn't really yes. have that problem. If I wanted real big beefy firepower, I then I had to get extra generators. But until mid game, that wasn't a problem. I could just put whatever weapons or um, computers on there that I wanted, and that was a really strong advantage. The downside to it was because. Um, I hadn't played them before and I wasn't really paying too much attention to what I should be doing early on. I was trying to build my economy because I realized um, with the cheat sheet, Eclipse gives you these really handy little cheat sheets that says, well, your aliens are great at this, but they're bad at this as well. So look at that. Um, and I oh, hang on. Sorry. Just interrupt there. Like, yeah, I printed those. They're, they're a fan resource. So they're just like a, a quick crib sheet of advantages and disadvantages, but they, yeah. they don't come again. The game tells Fancy. you, obviously, your abilities, but, but not like... It's um, like hidden away in the, in the rule book somewhere. So not, you're not always going to have that resource handy. But I found, that, I found it super um, helpful, almost too helpful. So I did it the first few turns. I should have been like flying into unknown space, trying to fight aliens, trying to fight other players and quickly getting... Um, early victories so I could get a load of VP from that goodie loot bag but in the end I ended up just like taking over a few sort of systems and then kind of pinning myself in because I couldn't build my economy anyway I should have been out fighting people and stealing their economy planets but it was just like I won't make that mistake again with with that particular (laughs) race and that's the great thing about Eclipse is like even when you do badly or even when you think you're sort of struggling in the early game you can kind of see a way to pull it back and change your strategy and there's enough um, time in the game and there's enough maneuverability with all these different sy- game systems and mechanics that you can really like turn it around. It's you, in, this, in effect, your civilization is quite nimble and it feels that way when you're playing. It's just you've got to try and steer it in the right direction at the right time. Otherwise, someone's going to capitalize on you by beating you up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, what you were saying about the loot bag, that's actually yeah. essential early on in the game. You need to... Even if it's like you have your one little interceptor, you want to actually throw it at one of the AIs ASAP because even if you get destroyed, you get um, first dibs on the tokens. So the token pack is full of victory point tokens. Yeah. Each is priced between one and four points. And four points is incredible. That's like owning two hexes in the galaxy kind of yeah. thing. Um, and if you can get those early before everybody else does, you're on to a winner because that can bank you shed loads of points by the end of the game. Um, and then when everybody else starts fighting, there's only like the ones and twos left to exactly. pick up. And everybody, All the good have been taken. Yeah, and everybody's got about four slots, haven't they? Like you can put these tokens into, so yes. you can you can fill up those those slots, and then later on in the game, if you do have like if you're lucky enough to pull out a high value VP token when you've already filled it up, you can just swap one out, and they're all secret, so no one else knows what you've got. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's brilliant, and um, it just keeps everyone on the toes when you start attacking all the aliens and you've not attacked any. It's again, it's like oh, I need to do some catching up here. I need to try and get, get all some out or just get blown up. Yeah, suic- yeah. suicidal um, flights for the interceptors is always a good opening <laughs> gambit. In case it's not already clear, I love this game, and I think I'll probably just start to address a couple of the criticisms that have come up during like our plays from uh, people like Dave, who you know, who who says that the flavor text is pretty thin on the ground the theme yeah is fairly thin um and I, I guess i tend to agree with that there's a couple of paragraphs about where you know it's the future and everyone's battling for the empire go for it you know um and each <laughs> sort of alien race gets a little bit of blurb as well but i think i've maybe from um watching tv or reading books and stuff i've, I've got enough high-end science fiction reference yeah. points in my imagination for it to really speak to me on a fundamental level because 
the like it reminds me of like Ian M. Banks science fiction and stuff when you're building these orbital rings, you know, you basically yeah. build these ring-shaped planets out of like gigantic um components that are, that are so big they function <laughs> to your economy as planets and you're building these yeah. giant robots that can wipe out entire like solar systems and stuff. So I think for me the theme uh, is is just right. You, you don't want to you don't really want to be bogged down in a deep narrative choice driven game where you're yeah. reading loads of text and stuff when it's just getting out there and conquering and blasting ships and and I think the narrative is emergent in in the actions that you play and in all the like the discoveries that you make along the way and and the the way that your empire develops and interacts with other people whether or not you forge alliances or you like beat each other up yeah. or betray each other you know and uncover pulsars and things like that so for me it's just the right amount for this kind of game for a for a 4x game yeah I actually probably wouldn't want to slow it down with more event cards and stuff or you know uh story beats I, I don't think that would help it i think it's a such a polished engine that um for once because obviously i love thematic games and everything but for once i don't think it needs more theme than it already has yeah 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 that does make sense and i think it's similarly you could change the theme out you could have made medieval um settlers taking over different towns or you could be out taking over island chains in the middle of oh a pacific God, ocean I'm sold like when's that game coming out <laughs> oh, exactly um <laughs> two weeks after eclipse <laughs> we uh, control c control v on a kickstarter page um <laughs> but you know it's the, the theme here is just kind of giving the mechanics summit to um drive it, it, i think this, the theme secondary to the game with eclipse and it isn't really a bad thing um the mechanics work so well um the engine that you build is so well greased that everything just happens quite neatly you can make bad decisions and things can go badly but it's not necessarily the game's fault and you'll kind of tell your own story whilst you're doing that um i, I felt theme wise that the themes it, the theme that it has and the way that like the miniatures work and the way that the economy is driven and the way that the weapons are named that all works really well, um, and it feels like it's a big space exploration um, beat em up really. After about two um, rounds, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that the objective of the game is to soup up all your spaceships, take over as much of the map as possible, and just cling on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's, it, it just does what it says in the tin, and I think it's, it's just sort of that perfect iteration. And to be honest, actually, I would want to play Twilight Imperium just so we can compare against it, but um, I don't think any of us has it yet. <laughs> it's a big game. It's probably I don't um I'm not sure if it's the same sort of concept like as a four X, but it, it's gonna be we're gonna be there for like the best part of a day. It's um yeah. it's a big investment as well. So if you already own Eclipse, would you want to spend ninety pounds on another like space warfare game? But saying that, personally, I wouldn't because I spent <laughs> a lot more than ninety pounds on Eclipse. Yeah, <laughs> with, all oh, with all the expansions and stuff. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, definitely. So you've um, it's a significant investment there. But it's just looking at Board Game Geek, and it's um, it's got a rating of um, eight out of ten. And for me, that's exactly where it stands. It's an absolutely brilliant game. It's it's, it's pretty much perfect, I go as far as saying. <laughs> well, 8 uh, out of 10 is not perfect, Lucky. I'd say that's two points shy of it. <laughs> yeah, but the problem, is, Trist- it be. <laughs> the problem is, Tristan, it's voted for by people, and people also voted for the Nazis. So you can't trust <laughs> all of them. <laughs> 
was a cheek, cheeky little peep show reference there. But you know, you know, it's not going to please everybody. And it, I think this game, like, I like sci-fi. I like um, confrontational games. I really like trying to pit my wits against somebody else. Saying that, I don't always take it so well when I lose them, uh, when I start getting beaten up. But um, I think if you weren't into it, like if the theme could throw you off, if you're not a great big fan of um, confrontational games, that could throw you off. And there's a there's a lot from a, a player's perspective not to like about the game, just purely because of how the game's based. But if you do happen to like those sorts of games then you quids in and um there's just so much of it as well you can see where um games like archipelago have taken like the exploration side of it you know so you uncover a tile you take one out and you have to fit it in, in a certain way or you can't place it um there's all sorts going on really they, like i said i couldn't be more of a fan of the tech tree the way that the research works and then you get the little um bits of computers and then you can upgrade your ships but then they also make other research cheaper so the more money you spend on research the more you're going to advance research quickly. All yeah. these things all work really well. I really like the economy, how your um, turns drain the amount of money you're spending so that you have to take over more economy planets and build up a game engine in order to take more turns. So because my um, faction were very militaristic, they didn't have a lot of money. So for most of the game, I was only taking about three turns per round. So I think I was the first player pretty much the entire game until like the last two rounds. Um, in which case I started to be a, a bit bolder and take a few more turns, but it was really like um, breaking the bank for me. I was going to try and um, attack somebody, but it would have made me bankrupt. So I thought, it's just not worth it, but sometimes you just got to make these tough decisions. Can you, can you shove stuff around? Ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you can, um, another neat mechanic is um, resource trading. So if you do run out of money, you can spend free science for one economic unit. So if you're one shy and you're going to go bankrupt, you can spend some of your hard-earned science or a couple of your materials. And again, my race, I think it was four of those instead of three of them. So everyone's a little bit different. But there's yeah. there's ways of digging yourself out of that hole and it'll hurt, but it might not necessarily hurt as much as what the alternative could be. And sometimes you just have to kind of dig into these resources to get the most out of your actions. Yes, for sure. And uh, going back to what you said about the tech tree as well, um, it's, in, it's unusual in that... I think all of the technologies are desirable. Like all of you want to research yeah. everything that is available um, and you have to pick and choose. But but the cheap stuff is kind of essential. The cheaper technologies like neutron bombs. Yeah. If you get into someone else's galaxy, you want to be able to wipe out the, <laughs> the people. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have neutron bombs, you have to roll and there's a chance that you won't be able to and they'll be able to rebuild the forces whilst you're mucking <laughs> them out. So there's, there's like some really cheap essential technologies that you want early on. Yeah. But then all the really juicy stuff is further up the technology board, the really expensive stuff, which gives you multiple extra actions and gigantic cannons that do four <laughs> damage instead of one damage. And like pretty much everything is great. And being first player, it allows you first dibs on all the tech that comes yeah. out. So it's desirable to, to pass first and become first player next round. It's not a secret that that passing first to become first player next turn and take it in, in turns to play actions those are two things that I completely pinched for Gloom of Kill for. <laughs> uh, because I think they just work functionally so well. You know, the, the downtime between turns is actually, even with five players, it's still not too low because everybody else's moves directly affect you because it's such a competitive game. But also, somebody's move, providing they know what they're doing, 
is like they take one action and then they're done and the play moves on. Yeah. So it, it moves along at a gallop. You really need to pay attention to what everybody else is doing so that you can see which techs are going and what techs are appearing on other people's ships and stuff. And handily, they're all like, you know, really brightly coloured. If they've got antimatter cannons, which are like the biggest guns in the game, they've, they've got bright red tech standing out yeah. of their prints and stuff. Um, and the blueprints work really well. It's fun like fitting out each of your ship types with all the different techs you can get. Um, the economy build just looks nice and clean. Um, the art the art in the game isn't brilliant, but it's evocative. It does it does what it needs to do. Yeah. Um, and the graphics, I think the graphic design is really smart, um, and it's probably dated a little bit. Like the, the second edition is probably going to look way sexier, but flipping over a tile and just seeing so clearly what each planet does um, and what the tile represents and what your ships are doing within that tile and everything else. It just, everything about the game is so clean. <laughs> There's no real, even though it's like it's bloated on the table, it's like it's a huge game, you know, it fills our, our big table. Yeah. The game itself doesn't feel like it has bloats. Like when you're playing some of the old Fantasy Flight games and you've got like a character with 15 different abilities and you can't keep track of what they all do. And with the clicks, you know what everything does and every upgrade replaces an older um, bit of kit or, or moves you further along in the game so you're always kind of at a glance aware of what everything that you've got does yeah and yeah i just really love that i really love the feel of it the sense of growth and development yeah. sense of achievement when you're kicking the crap out of other players <laughs> and the bad guys the ancients you know make the galactic center and stuff yeah uh, all just comes together so well well if you're I'd, yeah, I'd say yeah. it's definitely yeah Closer to a 10 out of 10 for me. I feel like, um, like you're saying, the sense of achievement. If you're the player that takes over the Galactic Center, then that's absolutely brilliant because there's this absolutely horrible AI <laughs> alien force in the middle that it just, it's usually about, you know, the second, two thirds of the way through the game when someone actually manages it because they're just yeah. so difficult to take down. You really do feel like that's it. I've reached the absolute apex of my development and now I just need to try and keep. <laughs> killing everyone else that tries to come at me to take the center now because it's worth so many vp it was jackie's first game of eclipse i think we'd played it at least once before um i know you played it to death i've played it about three four times i think sam's played it quite a few times as well um but jackie didn't really struggle like the first few rounds obviously it was like a learning experience there was a few questions being asked me i just had to kind of like um just add a few pointers here and there just to make sure she you know she knew what would make a good turn but after yeah. that, it was fine. She was like keeping an eye on what was coming out in the science board um, in the marketplace and then keeping an eye on what other players were doing and how she might expand. And it just didn't seem to be like that difficult of, an ex- you know, of a game to, for her to get her head around, really. And I think that's probably what most people's experience of the game are like. It might be different if it's your first game as a group and you're kind of moving through the rule book, but it's, Eclipse has been out since like 2011 now, so... The amount of um, player aids and stuff that exist on Board Game Geek and stuff, it's incredible. There's a really good community behind it. I don't think people should be put off by the um, by the weight of the game in terms of the size of it and the complexity, really. I think there's a lot of, a lot of fun to be had with it. Definitely, for sure. Um, and it definitely speaks to competitive players. You can make oh, yeah. alliances, so you can... Uh, with the expansions anyway, with with the base game, you have like diplomatic relations and then you can betray each other or not. Uh, but with the expansion, you can actually make an alliance like you and Sam actually joined forces. We did, where yeah. You split and share your points at the end of the game. Um, and then you can move and attack together and defend together and everything, which really switches things up in a multiplayer game. Because um, once you guys had taken the center, for example, 
uh, you you kind of blockaded it. So the, at that point, there was no way that me, Dave, or Jackie were going to connect without yeah. going to you guys first. That throws a spanner in the works and changes things up again and adds like another unique element. And it ups the stakes for you guys as well because you can still betray each other, but then you lose even more victory at the end yeah, of the game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Spoiled. about I think it's about five victory points penalty um, because the alliance. We also did like the trade agreement first and then went into a full blown alliance. So I think it would have just been so expensive to actually betray each other. Um, but, yeah. But yeah. But the reason why we went into an alliance was because we were kind of like the the runts of the um, galaxy. Anyway, <laughs> we weren't really um, expanding on the industrial level that you and Dave were. So we thought, if we're going to have any chance, then we'll we'll buddy up. But then the problem was, I think we probably allied a bit too um, late in the game, maybe to make too much of a difference. Or we just didn't really communicate enough. We just carried on doing our own thing. So towards the end, when we were both like filled up the galactic center, that really worked and helped us. But we both left some of our hexes sort of undefended, as opposed to like trying to beef up our military and look after both of our territories. So you know to really get the most out of that, um, add up all the zones and then divide them by two. Rule. Yeah. So we ended up doing just about as well as we did um on our own so i think sam did a little bit better so i dragged the average down i think i would have got about 23 <laughs> vp and sam would have got about 27 so we ended up with 25 but you know can't sniff at that it wasn't too bad no it's, it was a good show and blockade in the center again was quite a crucial move because yeah. when i did think i had the power to go in there i sent in my big tooled up dreadnoughts and they just got crucified you yeah. guys had uh, like such a strong hold on it there was no way i was getting through um, and same for Dave as well. He had um, formidable dreadnoughts at that point as well, which were just useless by comparison. Yeah, they were just flying some... meat grinders, weren't they? They were just yeah. spitting up everything. But um, there was just too many ships, I think. Yeah, it was really, it was a really interesting game, and I, I'd love to play as the aliens again now because I feel like I've really got a grasp of how different they are. And like yeah. you just like like any game, I suppose, when you've got um, asymmetrical sort of factions. You just got to look for like you know what's my weakness and what's my strength and then just gun them like just it's it's all about gaming it really isn't it? Um, Definitely. But yeah, so much fun's bad. So many stories coming out at the end of it. Every round was a completely different like it's a new sort of puzzle for me to try and work out in terms of um, how can I catch up because it seems that I, I you always feel like you're the person that's doing the worst because you can never like expand as quickly as you want to. Um, yeah. And for me, that's a sign of a great game. It happens in like Archipelago. It happens in Eclipse. Um, even like Dead of Winter, sometimes you feel like you're not putting in as much as the rest of the um, party are, even though it's a co-op. Um, and yeah, it's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that um, that notion of okay, I'm doing okay with exploring, but my science is way behind, <laughs> yeah. or you know, my science is good, but my ships are rubbish, or you know, my, my ships are great, but you know, my economy is crap. So you you're yeah. always chasing that one, you know, that that extra thing or five things that you know you need to improve uh, your galaxy, whilst everybody else is doing the same exact thing. And as you say, you know, you look at everybody else's uh, boards and you're just like, how am I so far behind? And and then it all starts to come out later in the game. Yeah. You know, once the, the colours on the board give you an indication of how much people's galaxies have spread, but it also, if their uh, empires are bigger, you know that they're universally going to be weaker because they're more, they're too thinly spread. So then can you hit them, you know, can you get to them and hit them where it hurts? Yeah. And the game allows for that as well. So you can sort of turtle early on in the game where you're, uh, making sure that you explore in such a way as to make it very difficult for other people to come at you. But then at, towards the end of the game, 
people can unlock tele- technologies like warp um, technologies where they can just come through no matter how well you you blocked yourself off, they can just materialize in your solar <laughs> systems and just start nuking you. So it is really, um, you know, it caters for all eventualities. And I just love that. It's It just feels so thoroughly tested and proven yeah. um, that the system is just so robust and, and so much fun each time. Yeah. You can... Absolutely not for cooperative players, but absolutely 100% for uh, competitive yeah. people like our group <laughs> well that's it you can just tell by the way the game plays it's been like play tested to death um and like each expansion um brings in some completely bonkers rule which just works like yeah. you know you're flying through space and all of a sudden you uncover an extra dimension that's inhabited <laughs> by these really aggressive aliens that are just going to spit out at you randomly and probably t- tear you apart oh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, um, it's like the nexus of the rift the rift yeah monster. Oh, they were even the anomalies. That's it. That was it. Yeah. So uh, Dave and Sam uncovered a couple of those. So they're like a variant again. So there's already ancient ships and cruisers and dreadnoughts lying around the galaxy. But then with the expansions, there's even more nasty things that can fly into your home world and start nuking it and nuking themselves because it's really unpredictable technology. And um, and then there's stuff that we didn't even scratch the surface of. There's the option to do time travel, so you can send you can send ships into the future. Um, or you can bring them from the future into the present and pay for them in the future. Yeah. And there's like all these crazy sort of um, scenarios that, that can materialize and mutations and all kinds of, of crazy stuff that, you know, it won't, it won't appear in every game, but it's that sort of feeling of endless possibility yeah. uh, that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. There's many layers to this onion. Um, before before we wrap up then so providing the onion has all the expansions yeah <laughs> yeah and the onion has all the expansions and lots of space guns um, <laughs> in terms of the second edition is it um, like a major overhaul of the rules being revised or is it literally like new art new components and a few different is there any like big major differences that might want people to want to like sell upon edition one I think um, primarily it's going to target people who don't already own a copy because the the updates to the rules are not significant i think that there's a few that you could implement with a first edition yeah and uh, i don't feel to be honest that actually anything really needs to change so i'm not sure i would implement them it's a bit like with through the ages i've got third edition i'm quite happy with that and um i've tried fourth edition and i can see how it's more polished but i'm so used to playing the old version i think i'm, I'm sort of happy with that and i think it's probably the same with eclipse part of me thinks it would be an amazing investment and I'd like to see how it plays and I'd love to see the graphics and art all souped up and stuff and maybe the components as well. But um, I, I personally won't get from the new Kickstarter what I'll get from the existing game with all of the extra promos and uh, expansions and everything yeah. thrown in. You know, unless they literally mimicked the entire back catalogue of expansions and made sure that it was included in the new one, which cost-wise... I just it would be impossible for them. They'd, they'd go bankrupt. Yeah, um, And I think that's been some of the complaints. Obviously, it's a Kickstarter, so it has complaints. And uh, some of them have been from existing backers who were expecting an upgrade kit or something like that, which just from like an economic perspective isn't really feasible. Yeah. They, If they are revisiting the game completely in a new edition, then lots of things are going to change, lots of things are going to give. Um, but from what I can tell, no, the, there's not any massive overhauls to the game rules or anything. So um, I would say it's an excellent opportunity for those 
who are jumping into Eclipse for the first time, I think it's probably a brilliant starting point. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, or maybe for those who've only got the base set and just want to, you know, upgrade that, that would be good too. But if you've gone so far down the line that you've literally uh, <laughs> bought like elements off people on Board Game Geek, yeah. you know, to try every single expansion like I've done, um, you know, you'd have to be a super fan to do that, I think. Yeah. Um, and I am a super fan of Eclipse, but I don't feel the need at this point to have like two versions of it that yeah. are that are quite similar so well that's it i suppose similarly as well like the, the the first edition with with all the expansions is so robust and it plays so well it's it doesn't really feel like it's a game that's you know all of a sudden it's become unsupported it feels very much like it's grown to the point it's going to grow to and it's a great great chapter in which to end it and then move on to a new new edition and start growing it again maybe and see what might come out in the future uh, yeah it's like a natural it, evolution yeah so. it by no means feels unfinished like the base game is a great game on its own then every edition um of expansion material they bring into it will only sort of like raise the bar a little bit higher and just make it you know just just keep you guessing really with what how your game's going to play but if you just yeah. got the base game on its own that's still a brilliant game i think we played it the first time we brought it into work when we had like a games night and we just played it with the base game materials or maybe just one or two of the expansions and everyone had a great time. It's brilliant. You could play the base game without the expansions for ages, even just as the humans, which we did for the first five or six games, you know, we didn't even bother with the aliens. And then um, somebody suggested that we throw them into the mix and see how it goes. And it completely changed everything again. Um, the humans, everyone being humans is the fairest way to play it. Yeah, they're super so well-balanced, exactly aren't they? exactly the same abilities, yeah. Um, but once you start adding the aliens and stuff in and like the plant creatures and the water <laughs> creatures and everything else, it really does add, yeah, a completely new perspective and breathes fresh life yeah. into it. And that's before any of the expansions. And then once you chuck all the expansions in as well, there's just, uh, there's shed loads of, of material there. I've only glanced briefly at the Kickstarter, um, the new one, and I can see they've done things like pare down the size of the player boards, you know, and just sort of made sensible graphics changes, which would... Yeah like clean it up a bit but i don't think i'll feel like i'm missing out <laughs> unless they bring like some mega expansion you know with loads of new rules and stuff but to be honest we've played or experienced so little of the um shadows of the rift expansion yeah. that we've got you know loads more game in the box as it is i think yeah yeah you agree i remember you um picking up that expansion it was it's absolutely mind-boggling of like <laughs> other things that you can bring into it and like you're saying you only shuffle in a little bit each time so yeah. it keeps the surprises coming but what what a game definitely what a game. it gets a board chitless 10 out of 10 from both of us <laughs> and um you know quite politically leave dave out of it so <laughs> it brings the average come crumbling down but I think, I think everyone had a great game of it on the night anyway i don't think there's any complaints um, and again, you can like you can dissect forensically any game and find you know something about it that you probably would change. So except for Eclipse, except for Eclipse, <laughs> of course. And um, yeah, it's great. I mean, this I feel like a board shitless has gone full circle now. Um, we mentioned it briefly in episode one, mentioned it briefly a couple of episodes ago, and then we finally got it out on the table and um, waged complete war on each other. <laughs> I'd be happy to play this again for the next four weeks <laughs> and you know to the exclusion of all other games yeah um, but it would make for a pretty dull repeated podcast <laughs> <laughs> let's try it let's see if we can set up some sort of um, homebrew legacy rules and we can play it for the next 50 <laughs> weeks non-stop 
Lovely. So before so, we lose any subscribers, um, we'll just go out and say that we'll probably play something different next week. And you should definitely tune in and find out what that is. Until then, go out, borrow a clip off somebody, go to a board games cafe, play it if you can. Go to a friend's house and beg them to play it with you. And um, or get on Kickstarter and throw some money at it. It's definitely, definitely a game that you won't regret picking up. On that note, I'll say ta-ta for now. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ta-ra.